my word. It is uh, Indecisive Opinions, a lurking class podcast. We are talking about a very, very important film. Uh, it stars Matthew McConaughey, uh, Miss Anne or Annie Hathaway, depending on which side of the country you uh, you originate from. <laughs> a, 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 among other individuals, such as Michael Caine, we're talking about Interstellar, uh, Christopher Nolan joint, if you will. Um, and I have I have these homies with me to, to talk about it. This is this is my choice uh, this week, and I'm very excited. I've been wanting to do this for a while. And moving out of our holiday trifecta uh, bonanza, we are shimmying into uh, to talk about Interstellar. I think to bring in the new year, and I, I couldn't think of a more appropriate film. Yeah, first of the first of the new year. Heck and, yeah, uh, and like you know the first of the start of year two for indecisive opinions. If we want to really, you know label it like that oh, this is this, this is our phase two boys where this is our thor the dark <laughs> world or <laughs> iron man three actually i think that's what it was iron man three i think uh kicked <laughs> off phase two it's a pretty good one to be so mm-hmm. heck yeah dude so yeah way to go way to go where to where to begin a round of applause <laughs> lou so you Yo. chose this great introduction uh lead us into the reasoning behind the choice besides the awesomeness of this movie why specifically why now okay why why are we doing this now Um, don't say okay dude say all right all right all right all right all right all right (laughs) so the reason uh the reason i chose this movie uh it's very important to me for a number of reasons uh, the first and foremost, I, I'm, I'm fucking obsessed with like space exploration movies or just space sci-fi films in general, because I, for some reason it's the unknown and it's something that like we as humans don't really know a lot about and we take a lot of liberties to guess of what it's like. So when you have a movie like this, when you have a movie such as like 2001 Space Odyssey, like first capturing like people's, you know, ideas of what they think space is and, and how gravity interacts how quiet it is and then you have like alien that captures like the claustrophobia of things alien is one of my favorite franchises fucking of all time so it's like to to have that and then you have something that's more of a recent offering into this is the the possibility of exploring other worlds with the aid of black holes in particular um under the guise of we have to leave a planet because it's literally dying um that idea combined with the visual effects it, it just made a huge impact on me when I first saw it. Um, went back and saw it in the theaters a second time in like the, the digital THX HD audio thing, um, yeah. which was fantastic. Uh, yeah. But it, it, it definitely, it made a huge impact on me when I first saw it. And it's always stuck with me since it's one of these movies I watched a couple times a year um, because of the, the writing is just solid. And there's a couple there's a couple visual points uh, and, and scenes in this movie I, I want to get to, but in a nutshell, that's why I selected this movie because it, it to me it really captures like a modern take on what the idea <laughs> of space exploration is, and I think it stands up there with those two aforementioned movies, 2001: Space Odyssey and, and the original Alien, yes. as far as like these are the bar it. like this is the bar for like what and I'm not like I love over the top you know, fucking aliens through is great or alien through is great. Right. But oh, yeah, I, yeah. I like oh, the idea. Course. I like the idea of like Charles a more Dutton, serious dude. Great yeah. One. Charles S. Dutton is fantastic. Yeah, love the it. fucking all male penal colony. It's, uh, it's, it's fantastic. I know. It, right. It's a very interesting, like, let's take it in this direction. 
I thought it was, for I thought this it was great. <laughs> Despite the studio inf- uh, interference in the rewrites, that movie could have been something entirely different. Watch the fucking um, watch the mm. assembly cut of that movie. Uh, anyway, oh, dude, um, find me so that, bas- and I will. You know, it. so so basically, like that's why I chose uh, that's why I chose this movie. I'm glad you guys are on board. So, on a scale of good to perfect, is this film nearly perfect in in your opinion? Opinion and I, or in the overall opinion, you think? Whatever I do. Th- you want to go with? I so I'm going to go with uh, overall opinion. I think overall this movie damn near perfect, and it's still to this day very mind boggling that it was completely snubbed. Yeah, uh, and, essentially, and, constantly. And I just I can't agree more with you on. <laughs> Just constant on this on all that. <laughs> it just what did it end up was was the award those the Academy Award that it won. We'll get to was that. it for the score? We'll I, yeah, that. I don't I don't want to derail. I don't want to derail it, but it's like it, don't be wrong. Hans Zimmer, <laughs> Hans Zimmer's later fantastic. On the Hans, uh, Hans Zimmer's fantastic, but it's you know the order that we do here. It's the I know, new I, know year. I know, you I know, know, I know. <laughs> but I but what I'm getting at is that you yeah, asked like. Right. Is, is it near perfect in my opinion or everyone else's opinion? I do believe that in everyone's opinion, this is a damn near perfect movie. But for some reason, the talking heads that represent various award uh, you know, communities, they had other potentially politically well, motivated we all, plans. We all know, we already know they didn't recognize the major categories of best picture, director, mm-hmm. actor, actress, writing. It's That might have been five, I think. I'm pretty sure that's the big five. And we already know it was pretty much entirely snubbed from everywhere on that, which is not, you know, that's just watching this movie and seeing like, I don't know, there's, uh, yeah, we, you know what, we'll get to it. I have a lot to say about that eventually, because this is just me asking you that exact question is just my own opinion as well of this being a near perfect film. And I think the majority of the people I meet and I talk to that have seen it and like this type of movie, they think the exact same thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, fuck the awards. Good, entertaining movie. Uh, Joey, give us give us your piece on it. So I've actually only seen this movie maybe like three or four times, and it kind of slipped my radar for a while. But yeah, it's not that old, I, you know. I it's think, like eight yeah, years old. It's something like that. But uh. Dude, yeah, I totally agree. This is a damn near perfect movie. It's so fucking good. It takes you for like a full ride throughout the whole fucking thing. Just like the the path that Murph goes through and like Matthew McConaughey goes through, you know, fucking yeah. It's just, it's just great. Stellar. Yeah, um, it's it's yeah. It's interstellar. Very, it's very out there. It's very out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very out there. No, it's Saturn. not inter, dude. It's out there. Ah, yeah, Saturn. Saturn, dude. That is okay. Dude, it's like, out there. Visuals. Getting into visual. I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to bullet point some things here soon. But uh, so so you didn't see it when it came out. You didn't see it on the big screen. No. Dude, okay. No, I, Lou, I, th- Lou, I think I keep, saw Keep it. your eyes out for re-releases. And we'll go and we'll take Joey to show him like the the spectacle, or <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Just, yeah, the visual, oh, yeah. the visual Cause, and well, cause, auditory cause, feast. Because because I know that's what it was like. You were probably hyped up about the movie, and I remember like a month or two before seeing a trailer, being like, "Oh fuck yeah, Christopher Nolan, oh McConaughey, oh space, oh." It was just like, what am what am I stupid? No, so. I just the amount of like just being blown away seeing this in the theater 
stoned with my buddy Chris. There was a uh, my expectations were like as high as they could be, and I was still just like floored after seeing it. And it was it was a big screen movie too, like for sure. It's like mm-hmm. seeing the Avengers movies or like Endgame, and with the length too. Uh, it oh yeah, it, like it, br- it breezes by in most almost of it. Three hours. It doesn't feel like it's almost three hours. <laughs> like it's a long movie, but you know, oh, yeah. o- over like a hundred minutes is a long movie in my opinion so oh, yeah. so like when i'm when i'm watching endgame and it is like three hours that that shit just it goes dude and this is one of those movies that you're 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 so on the edge of your seat dude i it's, it's like you're it's i know like it came out eight years ago getting but I was, shot through the atmosphere man you're sitting back in your seat you're, you're like with them. you're with the g-forces them. that's this whole movie you're just you're with them feeling the g-force yeah. Bunch of guinea pigs. You're feeling, you're feeling the gravity. Feeling the gravity, dude. Yeah, another movie that came out around then, and other space movies have tried emulating or doing, you know, whatever. Like Lou said, but really, really more on a 2001 or a Alien vibe here of like how the movie's gonna hold up because those are like two of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, I yeah, I put that up there. I put this up there. <laughs> I put it up yeah. there with that. I don't care if it's new. This was like, imagine if we were, I don't know, 20 years old when 2001 came out or when Alien came out, you know, and that's what people were thinking. And now it stood the test of time. But this was what it was for us. This came out when I was 20 years old. So I'm enamored. Yeah. I'm enamored. It looks and it's good. the most That's like the... popular, well-received movie we've probably done on here yet, to be honest. So, I would agree. We'll have a. Would... That's why there's a lot to touch on because there's a lot about this movie. A lot of Neil deGrasse Tyson videos watched by this guy over the years from this from this movie. Really mm-hmm. got really got in my head. Christopher Nolan kind of always has been doing that as far as I've been aware, because there's three distinct movies that I have been absolutely blown away by specifically that he did as well. And it was Memento, the prestige and this movie interstellar. And I love the Batman movies and I love inception, but you know, there's just, there's something else about like the storytelling in some of these that just, just take you to a different like level than the dark Knight does where it's yeah. just like some gr- gripping action. It has all of what the dark Knight has and more essentially that's it. And yeah. I just remember like everyone who saw memento and somewhat was getting it and was like engulfed in it. You know, they thought the same thing. They were like, I need to watch that again immediately right now because that is that is what he does. Christopher Nolan like lingers in your head. You you can't leave the movie without just like thinking or wanting to talk about it with someone, which is why we're going to just be going on tonight about this same stuff because <laughs> there's just so much to talk about in this movie and it's so fun. It's just an adventure at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. There's so many what what's an adventure through space. Dude, yeah, Lou, what's the elevator pitch? What's like the the 17 adjectives you put in front of this movie? I would say like it's it's so much. It, if, it's moving, very touching film. <laughs> it is. It's I I think what it really boils down to is it's both like a visual and auditory like buffet. Of course. But also but also what's what's very refreshing about this is the fact that 
like though like 2001 a space odyssey and like alien the the graphics and and how they incorporate like special effects and practical effects like nothing it, it holds together like you put these mo- those three movies side by side it's like sure there's going to be obvious things that you can pick out and be like well that's dated but like even for a movie things, from yeah. 2014 like it doesn't feel that way like even again like watching it multiple times a year it's like it never really seen it ages gracefully or not at all and i think mm-hmm. there's a couple tricks that the the cinematography employs throughout the the entirety of this movie to make it look very very real and i think that that a lot of times that's what uh fucking studios get lost in the sauce trying to do this movie delivered so if you uh if you want something that looks beautiful if you want something that sounds fucking amazing uh, well at the same time also capturing the depth and silence of space then interstellar is kind of your film uh the search yeah. for the search for you know humanity's quest and uh, the search for the furthering of civilization. I mean, that's really what this movie is. And it's a love letter to your daughter, if you're Christopher oh, Nolan. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, you touched on literally everything else. And I was just like, yeah, but the, yeah, you know, that one other, like I said, <coughs> th- this movie is a lot of things. In there terms of one. It seemingly should not work for like anybody but a fine few. And mm-hmm. I believe Steven Spielberg was originally slated to direct this. So, you know, it was mm. a, a film destined for greatness, no matter who had the helm. I'm wondering, yeah. it, it, I didn't know that about Spielberg. And, and I say this, I don't say this as like a bad thing, but I'm wondering if the film would have been w- more watered down. Because Spielberg obviously is, is, is a director that is essentially brought, is, is ready made to prepare massive films that can be easily consumed by the populace. That's that's how Steven Spielberg has made his career. So I'm wondering if somebody who's not as polarizing as, say, a Nolan, who does the same thing but still makes it very smart, still makes it very, like, you're going to lose people, right? Yeah. But if you sit down – I'm sorry. You sit down and watch Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, you're not losing anybody. It's a very easy-to-watch film, yes, right? Exactly. Or, or anything easy that listening. Spielberg's been – Anything that Spielberg's been involved in, right? You even like an ET, for it's example. Palatable, it's palatable, like, dude. It's palatable he to a wide array. Stuff. He's so the Goonies, you know. Like, so I'm I'm wondering with a movie like this, if he were to have been more directly involved, if it would have gone just taken down a little bit, and not in a bad way, but it just would have been a little bit more lukewarm. You know, right? I it, don't I don't know because I saw in that same in whatever I saw that said Spielberg had it at first, it was still Jonathan Nolan writing the majority of the script. And that was how he got Christopher Nolan on when Spielberg was, you know, too busy or et cetera, et cetera. I feel like Spielberg like signs on to 12 movies a year and ends up doing one of them. Maybe, you know, it's that kind of thing. Was he brought on as a, was he attempted to be brought on as a director? Yeah. Like he was the initial thought as being brought on as a director. So it was never, in pre-production or anything it was just one of those like the script was kicking around for a few years and he had a hold of it at some point and when he parted ways whenever jonathan nolan was like well how about you know my brother and me and him do things and just make this movie fucking awesome and that's that's what i feel like you know it was a very it was a very minor part in him playing it but but looking down that timeline that you're talking about yeah it would it would have to be 
somehow more palatable in the ways of like specifically how you know this was widely snubbed by any big awards in the major award categories it's like that's the opposite of what spielberg goes for he always gets he he rakes it in rakes it in for people and himself yeah you know he always he manages to to capture some some category, some award, I, and and like I said, I I don't mean that when I say like watered down or more palatable. It's like I don't mean that in a negative way. I just think that there's something to having two brothers kind of team up on something like this. Um, yeah, and, dude, all their movies just they have this vibe, you know. It's, well, it's, I almost there's a, there's a teamwork just like element of like no one person can do all of these things that are happening in these movies. Some people would say clusterfucks. I'm wondering if, if because they were related as well, it, I'm wondering if there was a little bit more fluidity in terms of like the interpretation of the original script and the writing versus like the directorial like uh, direction of this. Yeah, and you can't and fire because, your brother. Exactly. So it's like, I, I don't know, because I can also see Spielberg being the type of person where it's like, I'm not bending on this. He wants it. This is how Stevie gets it. Whereas it's like, Christopher's working with blood, you know? Dude, family I mean, blood then, that then, runs thick man yeah you know? then it would be different no matter what of course mm-hmm. in in some ways at least because you know christopher nolan his aim jumping into some neil degrasse tyson stuff was that he wanted this to be as like realistic as possible he's and and because that's how all of his films essentially are in case you never thought about it. Obviously, Inception, haha. Like, you know, don't quote me. It's just like he he tries he he rides that line of like I don't want to make this the most outlandish. Like, it's not goofy. You know, his movies are very serious. They're very much trying to make you feel a certain way, and he's uh and he's he's not shying away from that at all in this. You know, it's just uh I'm I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad it's Christopher Nolan movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all I've got for you. Yeah, I agree. I I'm very agree. happy about it. A lot of stuff. A lot, a lot of stuff to touch on that I just I made sure I jotted down so I remembered. I don't know if you guys want to jump into. Oh yeah. Where, where we can start? Sure. Do the film talk about it timeline order? See what you got. Sure. We can. Uh, we can kind of just kick it you know right off i guess from the beginning we are you know introduced to a planet that's essentially moved on beyond what seems to be current day or modern day at that point in time 2014 what we were seeing on screen we've moved the past society as we know it much more focused on farm and agriculture a little bit more of an agrarian based society yeah different and timeline you know different world, timeline different timeline but far in the future, because we're seeing, you know, obviously one of the, the early scenes is the use of drones still roguely flying around. Whereas in 2014, that was something that was, you know, it's like, hey, the military is using these massive drones to not only conduct surveillance, but then it translates into like, then we see drones being f- utilized by the U.S. military to fight. Like, so we see it tracking for like, this is the future. This is post Yep. Uh, what what y'all are living in watching it this is what it's going to be like which is and very, they, also and very they, interesting and about how it's you know the the planet is dying essentially dying. with all the the real the real uh interviews from people from the dust bowl era out there in the you know plains in the west kansas mm-hmm. and idaho and whatnot out there uh, yeah i mean obviously they're older Makes it feel so real assuming, 
Yeah, because yeah, because that was like the thirties, forties, something like that. No, dude, Depression those era. No, those people, those people were the interviewers from the people left on Earth. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right. But I'm saying that wasn't like, the Dust Bowl. But those weren't Dust Bowl people. Those were like no, the people like, that. They they were though. they were talking like, they were, about it. they were like talking about it as if they were like dust bowl people though you yeah know I mean? yeah that's what I mean like the actors and like they were like like talking got. about it like oh way back then you know it was all fucking shitty as hell no I'm pretty sure that like I look I have like a fact or something later on that no because because like... Murph is one of the people that get interviewed when she's an old lady yeah it's no, all I know. supposed to, it's supposed to be <laughs> like Not her obviously I mean the other like two or three people. <laughs> Well, I just what I'm saying is like I I view that as all those people that were interviewed were younger, whereas as the same age or a little older, a little younger than Murph at that point in time no, when so, Earth yes. was dying. Yes, and so then what it's like, I'm so what I'm saying is in real life those people because they're old. Oh, I'm talking about the movie. I'm not. Yeah, that's what I wasn't I was, thinking of I mean, it that way. I know. I, <laughs> dude, I was saying that I was saying actors. I was like the people playing them. I was like, not Ellen Bernstein from Requiem for a Dream. The other, like, four people that they show in the beginning there. Oh, you're tying in the real world. Those okay. are real dust yeah. bowlers is what I'm saying. <laughs> in modern time. <laughs> yes, there's a lot to tie in here. Or in the future. <laughs> All right. There's a lot easy, of time in this easy. movie. <laughs> yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of time in this movie. No, you started off with that, and I was just like, all right, well, you know, he wanted real you know he wanted to be as real as it could be he wanted real dust bowl people i'd be interested to see if if he actually got like legit midwesterners if that's what like you're positing because that would be really cool if he went to dude it's just it's one of those movies where i was like there's so many facts and so many things to the like are what you know about this movie debunking it and what's real or what's not etc etc so when i see something that's just has a lot of yeah that seems yeah yeah that works then i'm like okay well the majority of people you know everyone you know check check your facts on imdb and the -hmm. other websites and the 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 book in this movie and neil degrasse tyson that i'll have to cite at the end or i just did so you know (laughs) either way i get lou you're setting up the you're setting up part of the plot of how we got we got to get off this planet, bitch. That's basically yeah. I'm uh, dying. Yeah, yeah, is is dying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's dying out here. So For so so what I like, time. what I like is um the the references with Murph in the beginning of being like, I thought you were the ghost. The like third line she ever says mm-hmm. reveals the ending slowly and slowly there's this inevitability type of thing or just mm-hmm. like you know destiny whatever you want to call it of where coop like ends up at the end it everything like that happened ha- you know think about oh, the whole cr- like debunking of time travel in a in end game when they say like no if you travel back then you, that is now your present etc cetera, etc cetera. this movie also has their own way of portraying like time as joey just said <laughs> and you know what would happen if you could uh you know access your whole time by going into a black hole somehow essentially and basically they just they're dropping hints instantly instantly mm-hmm. right when they jump to not you know the dust bowl and or old people from 
the new planet in the beginning. It's once they show like Coop and Murph, some of the first, it's some of the first things they say. It's yeah. just like, fuckity fuck, man. No so, one's looking for that at that point, but there it is. But every time I just, it's, it's, a, it's, a re- it's a rewatch thing, dude, too. It's a rewatch thing. Like you said, mm-hmm. you've seen it a couple of times. I've seen it probably a dozen times at this point. Definitely watch it once or twice, like every year. And it's just, I pick up on little things, man. And I picked up on that one a couple times ago and it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. See, it's, it's also, what's very interesting is that the way in which, so just going off on like a minor like rabbit hole or wormhole, if you will. Ooh, so there's certain, good. there's certain, there's certain, yes, there's certain uh, <laughs> schools of thought that believe that the planes of existence, uh, they, they exist in dimensions. So right now we are currently within the third dimensional world. I say like us, right? Things are three dimensional to us. We can touch right. and feel it and all Except that shit, right? Except for the beings that have five dimensions, right? Well, well listen, the, the dimension directly above us would be the fourth dimension. Now, some people believe that you can ascend into the fourth dimension at some point in time in your life. Some people believe that when you pass, uh, you are literally passing the fourth dimension when our, our earthly bodies right. are, yeah. are shed, right? So mm-hmm. what I the find soul. very interesting... What I, what I find interesting is this movie utilizes the Tesseract to exhibit um, dimensions and it shows how our minds can perceive it. And in a way, I'm almost wondering, is like, is it necessarily time travel or is it saying that like none of us are predestined uh, or everyone's predestined? There is no free will, because if you think about it, like he essentially travels to a point in his timeline and is able to manipulate himself and his actions to, to essentially save humanity. Yeah, right. I know. So, yeah. so that then becomes Fucking the, nuts. <laughs> that then becomes like the another conversation to say uh, because he exists in a different dimension. And again, that's how that's what the Tesseract, in my opinion, like represents. Like he is above everything, right? So if you break everything yes. down, yes. looking at it like top to bottom, if you looked at it in a, in a very like two dimensional way, right? You draw lines on a paper, left to right. Each that space in between represents a different dimension. So you take the third dimension, the fourth dimension sits directly above it. I.e., the tesseract is the way of being like I'm looking down on it, or I'm at the yeah. side of it. Like it's, it's a watcher, whole, dude. It's this whole very like mind blowing thing. And um, thankfully, when I was when I was in high school, like I gotten very much in depth with with a lot of like David Icke shit. And fucking Bob Fursell and like all that stuff, like pre, like, like early, early coast to coast stuff. And so anyway, so these, these ideas to see them represented in a very, very like excellent manner on the big screen for a big name director to, to be doing this. It's cool because like some of those thoughts, not all of them, but some of those are like borderline, like that sounds fucking stupid. If you try to, to explain it to somebody, you know, like some people just be like, well, that yeah, sounds dumb. Be but- hard. But to see the the actual like representation of how um, they pull it off, and obviously how Jonathan envisioned it, and how how Christopher kind of made that, brought that to life, like it was just very very cool to see like that concept uh, brought out. Because again, it, up until this point, it's like we think time travel and Back to the Future, right? Like you need a DeLorean, yeah. Scott, you know, like it, it, the flux capacitor has to be fluxing, like all this stuff has to happen. <laughs> so, so to see it, to, to see it in in the way in which they had pulled it off. Again, it becomes as less realistic of like, as possible as well. well it, it becomes it becomes less about like time travel isn't necessarily physical. Yeah. Right. It's not is you're not going from point A to point B. You're going to a plane. Well, it's the, the transition between planes. Yeah. 
dimensions, right. literal yeah, dimensions. dimensions. Well, they do say that with the wormhole as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, goodbye to our galaxy and whatnot and everything. It's a completely, I mean, I, that's what I'm assuming is that it's like a different dimension. There's a whole different sun. It has to be a different dimension. Well, see, d- oh, I'm talking dimensions in terms of like how we perceive. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. why like on the fourth dimension within the, or within the Tesseract, you notice that like it didn't obey the three-dimensional physics. Everything was like expanding and contracting and like going out and like in his mind, he's like, I'm just seeing the same like it's re- all these scenes are repeated. I'm standing above her- Murph's room, but it's like I can walk in either direction. It's the same thing happening over and over again. Yeah, right. three dimensional plane of existence that won't exist. You're just seeing straight on what your eyes are sucking in. D- does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I sound like a fucking crazy person, but that's. That's the beauty of no, like the fourth it, dimension. It, it adds, it adds a, it literally adds a physical dimension onto what you are perceiving. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about, and that's why that 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 whole sequence is insane. Yeah, I it's just like how when he's there, the, the Tars said says like how it's the the you know quote they from like the fifth dimension, and it was just like what. You know? They they use they so many times in this movie. It's yeah, wonderful. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. It's good. Good pronouning on their behalf. But it's mm-hmm. also just like classic reference to extraterrestrial or otherworldly being type something that they don't know, basically. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like saying this is still like as realistic or whatever as possible. You know, you're talking about the physics and whatnot but they did have a theoretical physicist yes on board kip thorne Mm -hmm. who is the one that basically worked hand in hand with christopher nolan on christopher nolan just coming to him constantly saying how he wants to do this you know he wants to do x in his script and how and is yeah is this real (laughs) how how do we make it it real is it real real, fuck you with your soundboard (laughs) <laughs> it's basically what he did. He would show up to Kip Thorne and just click the "Is it real?" button for every little thing, <laughs> and and they would and he would make it like that. And there's definitely a thing or two he advised him against doing that. He was like, "No, this is where it starts getting out there, and it's too much." And even uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson says when he's talking about this movie in a plethora of a million dozen different interviews that it's like there is um. Oh God! What does he even say? I don't remember because he says so much specifically. But it's just like, dude, it's 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 nuts how you know this this guy's just working with him. Just you know, he he doesn't he doesn't write scripts. It's the teamwork thing basically that I was going back to. This dude is integral to making this movie work, and yeah. Christopher Nolan is just a perfectionist and wants it like as realistic as humanly possible. I like reiterating that, but it's also just to make the movie work, to make it as good as it can be. You know, that's what this movie needs is Mm -hmm. it needs, it needs that back end of, of this. This is as real as it can be. We're not going to do some bullshit. And at least back then in 2014 or, you know, for a while, that was what everyone was saying. Like if you just typed into Google, what's the most realistic science fiction movie ever made, it would be interstellar. And there's a whole book with Kip Thorne and some other, physicists talking about it trying to explain the physics 
I had that shit, and it's hard to understand. But if you're really into that and you're smarter than me, you guys you check that check that out and uh, and listen to what what Neil has to say about it because he's a cool dude. And uh, I definitely saw a picture with him and Bill Nye and Obama in the same room, and I'm surprised the world didn't end. Honestly, that seems like one of those, you know, you know. Yeah. That's too the much. Last, the last thing you <laughs> see before the planet explodes, you know, yeah. like. Exactly. Yep. The Seth Rogen like speech from funny people. If all those guys like to touch the tip of their dicks, like the it, it, the world will explode <laughs> or something like that. It's like David Beckham and, and Brad Pitt and like uh you know, I don't know, Enrique Iglesias, Ricky Martin, <laughs> something like that. Uh, he would like that, I'm sure. I know that was maybe why he included him, but uh, yep. yeah, what a. Still, what a what a nutso way to to make a script and a movie like come about, you know? Would the physicist thing still would have been there with Spielberg? Exactly. That's you know. I did so. It's not palatable anymore when you go for like, how could we make people believe the fuck out of this? Because everyone, scientists, the smartest people in the world, will believe the fuck out of this. So there was a, and I know I've been doing this the past like couple, or I've tried to anyway, the past couple uh, of these, these little podcasts. Um, I like looking up articles and interviews with people uh, that were involved in the film. And one of the things that, that I was able to locate, and I'll I'll come back to this specific article because they do interview a number of people. um, But specifically in, in terms of like the script itself, before we move past it, and so we don't have to belabor the point, essentially like the interviewer, this is from Collider.com. This was released in 2014. Uh, the interviewer had asked like Christopher Nolan about, you know, what was, what was challenging, what was different, what was unique about this script and working this script because it was no secret that essentially Jonathan had developed all of this without Christopher Nolan and then Christopher Nolan was brought on later. Yes. So Christopher essentially says, quote, every collaboration I've had with Jonah on a script has been different because of our different circumstances and how we worked on it. This one is very unique in that we worked on it, that he worked on it a very long time without me being involved. And then he got very busy doing other things. And I said, quote, look, can I take a look at this and combine it with some other ideas I've been working on? So it was a bit more along the lines of him going, quote, okay, take a shot and see what you can do, end quote. Then I showed him what I'd done, and luckily he seemed reasonably happy with it. So, and that's end quote. So essentially, like, I, I think definitely we're on to potentially something where it's like, there's that kinship of just like, you're my literal brother, you know, <laughs> yeah. Abby, he's my brother. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yeah. it's this idea that like they, they were able to have like kind of a different outspoken uh, understanding uh, with each other because it's like, you know, you're my, you're my, you're my, you're my bro. You're going to tell me if this is weird or if bro, I can't dog. do this, like yeah. for him to come out, for him to come out and actually be like, yeah, like it, it's no secret to everybody that like, this is Jonathan's script. Everyone knows that. He yeah. did this all before I came on board. I interpreted it and I asked him if I could take things and run with it based on other concepts that I've been working on with other films, whatever they might be. Um, I think that's fascinating. I don't I don't know. And, and I'm sure that somebody's going to listen to this and be like, well, actually, it did happen. It's like, awesome. Well, actually, us to death. If there is another film mm-hmm. where a, a sibling wrote it and then another sibling came in and directed it. I would love to hear how th- how fucking stressful and rocky that situation was. Yeah, I know the siblings don't always get along. So it's, this it's is not this Anthony is... and Joe Russo. They do shit together. 
Exactly. Or, the or, the Wachowski, or the Wachowski sisters. Wachowski you know? sisters. It's like, Cohen, it, Cohen's sure. for a while until recently, you know, that was their thing. But um, you're right. It's like the, co- the collaboration Favreau, from the beginning. No, John Favreau. <laughs> we see with Die those no, with Die those Hard. specific ones with the Wachowskis, um, even even with the Cohen brothers, it's like they introduce like the movie is like written and directed by the Cohen brothers or written by the Cohen, you know, the yeah, directed yeah, by the yeah, Cohen brothers. That, yeah, that's so what I mean. Collaborative. It, it's not like M Night or Quentin. It's just one of them. What if it was the, you know, two? This guy writes it. This guy directs it. That's what I'm. Yeah, and that again, shit doesn't happen too often. Yeah, we'd have to think. We'd have to take more fucking, time. Dude, it's a unicorn. Have. It's a unicorn. I'm. I'm Wait, wondering. It's Walton Goggins. It's Walton Goggins, Mister oh, Fivehead himself, dude. I, I would, <laughs> I would be interested. I'd be again, if if somebody knows that that listens, tell 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 us. Like, let us know. Email yeah, us, workingclassofficial at gmail I want to know. Instagram DMs. Uh, slide we in. do <clears throat> slide in the DMs. It's whoa, nice whoa. and lubed up for you. So definitely let us know, because oh, um, okay. that's very interesting. It's very, it's a, it's an interesting circumstance, and I'm glad it worked out uh, the way that it did because we got this fucking movie. So anyway, I don't want to belabor the point about yeah, John and Christopher collaboration, but. Um, I just find that fast. I find that fucking super fascinating. I find it very yeah, fascinating. It is. It is. That's what I mean. Teamwork. You know, something teamwork. Something we all safety first, then teamwork. Which is funny he, because he does say safety first with Case in this movie a bunch of times, right? I love. I love that the, up. I the love the fucking droids, dude. I do too, I love man. the droids. I lo- yeah, I love them. Yeah, dude. They, they're they so try- fucking funny. Is it palatable like Star Wars on purpose, or is there a reason behind it? Ladies and gentlemen, there's a reason behind this. And do you want to know now? Because we, I mean, we're talking about it. So, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, the palatable ability of these droids, not, not anything to do with, uh, not anything to do with what you're thinking of. I can almost guarantee it. But, Essentially, we've referenced 2001. We've referenced Alien for, I don't know, the, the 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 space and the story, stuff like that, and being very pivotal, you know, life-changing films, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. But what we also need to mention is Douglas Adams and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because these droids were basically, let's we we need to give them feelings or something. Yeah. Where's that sound familiar from? I don't know. R.I.P. Alan Rickman, the best, most depressed droid you've ever met from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And they were just like, let's not make him depressed, but like, you know, the the whole like, um, what is it? How he's uh, how he's telling them to turn down the humor to 75 percent and, and all that and the trust levels, you know. All honesty. that shit. It was yeah. honesty. And honesty, right. You know, they're giving them certain sets of emotions, at least, which is basically just a rip slash homage to Hitchhiker's Guide, which is a one of those not-so-serious sci-fi comedy books that has been done as a movie and a miniseries, you know, and stuff a bunch of times. And I love, I love the movie. I love Sam Rockwell and anything. So, <laughs> and Alan Rickman. So, absolutely. <laughs> So modeling the droids after that is just going to make for like, that's just a whole new world right there, dude. You know, that's C3PO. That's, that's some, that's some great shit. I really, I really do love them. And I really do like that. That is a, it's where the reference is coming at for Marvin, the depressed droid. That's cool. So good. It's just, uh, do you know what they stand for? Do they stand for something? Tar's case. I don't remember. I'm sure. Yeah. Whatever. Go Say what you were gonna say. 
No, I, I was gonna. That. <laughs> I, I was gonna say you mentioned like new worlds because like I want to start talking about these new planets, but A like the 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 thing that I think is really insane to me, and I noticed it again on this this uh, time through, like checking this out in preparation for this. I think what what really makes this movie like, as far as it being like the visuals being as timeless and not really looking cheesy. Is because there's a, they, they take a lot of liberties in doing a lot of like close up shots of like machinery and parts of the ship. Yeah, the and they, they, effects. They, well, they utilize like the wide angle shots tastefully. And there's obviously, yeah. obviously, there's computer generated stuff throughout this entire fucking movie. Well, of but, course, but it's the split, you know, 50 50. What works best here? What works best here? But they even, got, and they got that. They have life size and mini models of ships mm-hmm. and everything. And they well, got the CG that you insane. need when you're in space, making yes. Saturn's rings. 2001 mm-hmm. couldn't do that, so they're gonna go to fucking Jupiter. That's like the exact thing with like Stanley Cooper being ahead of his time constantly, and even yeah. Steven Spielberg in Jaws being like, "We can't show this fucking shark. We don't have anything good enough. It's gonna look cheesy and dumb and whatever, you know." But like, not Interstellar. Hello, we're in the CG. <laughs> fucking uprise of the millennium right now and it's oh, yeah. just Everything's thank you thank like you spider-man thank you to spider-man. yeah dude or the frighteners maybe peter jackson when he jumped into cg in the 90s dude he fucking crushed it oh yeah he was well that's up there. I, but I, there's I, practical I, stuff in here too that's just amazing and yeah it's shot it's shot awesome well see, see what's very interesting about the choice of saturn with both uh the original book, the 2001 book, but also like in this movie. So there's, there's different groups that believe in like Saturn alien worship. Like obviously each yeah, in our planetary right. system, there's, there's different, uh, our planets hold different. Um, they, they hold different values in terms of like their significance of like, whether it's <clears throat> influencing people's, uh, you know, the way that they're feeling there, there's I a whole GTA system built around five, that. Dude, I know. Yeah. I have not played that, so I do not understand that reference. Uh, but what I'm getting at is, <laughs> what I'm getting at is, uh, what's interesting about the monolith, it, for example, within 2001: A Space Odyssey, it's a it's a giant, obviously like black like cube, right? And if you look at uh, in Mecca, um, there is literally a an enormous black cube that sits, and people move around it like the rings of Saturn. It's very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. If you get into different sects of whether they're religions. Um, faith-based groups, Saturn holds an enormous amount of significance. Um, and obviously also within the, the planetary hierarchy as well with astrology. So it's very interesting that that was chosen uh, to kind of be the area in which, um, you know, the black hole was placed, as they say in the movie by they, they put the black they, hole there for us. <laughs> gargantua. Yeah, gargantua. So it's... It I, sounds I like just, a tarantula. It's... It's very, it's very interesting. Again, it goes back into what I was talking about, like the representation of dimensions and planes of existence. It walks this very fine line between some of the, we'll call it like, I don't want to say like fringe thoughts or borderline, you know, uh, alternative thoughts about the nature of reality. And again, Saturnalian worship is a very real thing, uh, even though it's not necessarily something that's widely acknowledged. It just is happens it and people accept it. Um, it it's it is real. very real. So again, to, to have that be kind of where this crew is heading uh, is just again, it's that's another reason why this was fascinating to me because there's like 
there's deep seated like elements of like behind the scenes like subtle uh fringe the sphere, thought the little <laughs> sphere in the wormhole dude it's not mm-hmm. a circle it's a sphere Three dimensions. That, I'm watching him go crazy. through the wormhole right now. That, oh hole. yeah, that shit's fucking crazy. I love yeah, that. I just yeah, I just got I just got past that. It's fucking nuts. Because I was like, fuck, can we can we jump to some water wave planet ship? Yeah, <laughs> we'll get there once. Fucking. That's um, my favorite. That's my favorite. Dude, that tidal wave. Dude, sometimes there's just so much beauty in the world that it Surf's collapses on top of you and kills the fuck out of you. That that sequence is definitely my favorite in the entire movie. It's so um, jarring too, though, because it's like you have their whole mission set out of like try and get to the three planets essentially, and the first fucking one they go to is just absolutely like, oh, cool, there's water. All right, let's find the beacon. Oh, it's near the mountains. Those aren't mountains. Hey, we're fucked. <laughs> like instantly, they're fucked. And the mm-hmm. time, the time shift, the time shift. The time mm-hmm. shift. Oh my yeah. god. Still one of the saddest fucking scenes ever just watching Matthew McConaughey cry his balls his balls out. Cry his balls Every out. Every hour is seven years. <laughs> and they fuck up, so then they're there for 20, 23, yeah. 17, 23 something. Or something like yeah, that. oh my god. I, I mean, I wrote it down somewhere, but goddamn. Goddamn, yeah, dude. That's that planet is one of those things I was talking about. Like you see Timothy Chalamet turn into Casey Affleck. That's just like what? It's crazy. They're the same person. Oh my god! The, have you ever the, seen them in the same spot before? Exactly. We have not. Nope. Can't confirm. Timothy Chalamet was in Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know, dude. It's pretty impossible for me to not always like tear up. Or like feel something at that part, just like I feel the, the way for, they I, set it up. I feel bad yeah, for the, the physicist hurt. on the ship. They get back oh, yeah. and he's like, "I never thought you guys were gonna come back." It's like that motherfucker aged, and he was on the ship. Yeah, dude. You know, yeah. like Remily. Yeah, like that whole thing was like, "Damn, dude!" I feel he, bad for that guy I, too. No, no, that's what all of them, dude. Same with Annie Hathaway. Do you think and he was on fucking the ship dead for ass years? Billy Fritz? No, he was. He no. slept. Remember, he, she said, "Why didn't you sleep more?" He's like, "I he's, couldn't." He's gray, and he was just like, "Yeah." He was like, oh, "I." Yeah, he's like, yeah. I, "I didn't." He because after what they assumed would be seven maybe seven and a half years. Yeah. He he was then like, I knew something was wrong and I just couldn't s- dream my life away. Literally is what he says. He was worried about them. There's just, dude, there's a lot of good teamwork and love and shit in the side fills of this movie, which is just a very touching element that I always love in like, a movie that's One of the serious whole enough. To the movie is love, man. It's the whole driving force. I know exactly. That's what I mean. Like that always comes Great. back to if you want to find a good so fucking theme, dying. dude. If you want to get a good theme, yeah, but it's not like <laughs> cheesy because nobody's like, no, 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 not, not, not fawning not over like any. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It's, it's just like you know, Annie Hathaway thinking she might only want to choose going to the one planet because the guy she loves is there ends up like mm-hmm. just you know turning everything upside down and shit and obviously that's the one if they just went to initially like uh they'd be fine or remily wouldn't have died and i guess you know fuck matt damon shit that, you know sometimes it just mad damon god damn it matt damon <laughs> It's always fucking it. Matt Damon. I know. Speaking of Ocean's Eleven, 
There's a lot of a lot of nutso nutso butso shit in there. But uh right right before he leaves, just a line that I really like, which goes back to the whole they're just telling you what's happening, is uh when he's saying bye to bye to Murph a little before that, he says, I quote, I don't think your bookshelf is trying to talk to you. And isn't that just isn't that Ooh, something? little do you know? Uh it pulls at my my heartstrings. And uh and 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 then they're off, dude. And then they're fucking. They're the... <laughs> tra- <laughs> I know, right? Or whatever that South Park thing is. With fucking uh, Marvin. Oh, God. Marvin the Martian. Starving, Starving Marvin. Marvin. Yeah, Starving Marvin fucking Starving Marvin in space. Starving Marvin. In That's space. the episode. Did it. That's did the episode. <laughs> we tied it in. That's exactly what this movie is like. You're correct. Yeah, it's starving Marvin in space. Uh, I like. Uh, I like that. It was a good one. <laughs> no, I like. Um, I like how Murph never sends a video, and then when we catch up in real time, she's like, "Hey, I'm the same age as you. Like when you said you'd be back. Fuck you, basically." And then she turns it off, and that's like where we pick up the story from Earth. Nice little time lapse, essentially, but it's pretty cool. not, not for the fucking people in space. Yeah, it's just such a like, I don't know. They're in the middle of the movie. It, there gets to be some really good parallel shots of like what Coop and the crew are going through while Murph and everyone are, is back on Earth and what's happening like simultaneously. That mm. shit. Uh, that shit. The shit gets to me, bro. It's hard, shit. dog. It's, it's hard, so dog. Hard. Dude, so. <laughs> So so Joey, what are you what what's getting to you at like the beginning, the middle of this movie here when you first saw it, you know? Was it like dragon in any spots? Were you like bored? Were you no. stoned out of your mind? I need I need to know. I'm sure Lou no, was this, sober as a this judge. Movie is just uh-huh. it just goes the whole time, <laughs> you know. It's always got like an aspect to like think about. I, it's just you know, it's always got it's always going forward, pretty much. Even though yeah. it like loops itself around, the mo- the story just goes forward the whole time. It's Agreed. just really good at that. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I really, yeah, I really enjoy that. I like where it goes. Yeah, it's I this like whole how time, it keeps it's going. Just like lead- yeah, it's just leading up to fucking him going, uh, sack for- trying to sack or where we had the movie again exactly. Dude, they're about to just- go to. They're about to go to the pl- the planet with Matt Damon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was going, I was going to jump way ahead. Oh, that's but, okay. Yeah, I was going to go all the way to when he was hitting the fifth dimension and shit. Dude, yeah. I it's mean, just, we already, it's just we already, awesome, and it, we already kind of touched on it. But yeah, it's just really cool how he like sends the message, and it's like this whole time, yeah, he's the ghost, obviously. Yeah, that's it's what just, I keep saying though. Is they keep just, dropping like hints throughout it, but you never really know until the end, and then it's just like, oh fuck! It's just like, whoa! I didn't expect that. You're my ghost. Yeah, I'm an old lady now. <laughs> I how weird! How I weird would it be if you like if that happened to you? You just see your kid one day, like you have dude. I know. I thought the and same then, like, thing this like, time, where like, I was like, dude, years. he's. She's Ugh. like eighty years old or some shit, like about he, to die, and he's like fucking in his like forties or some shit. Dude, role 30s. reversal. No, she's know. like you've looked yeah. exact. You've looked exactly the same since you left, and it's just and, like, and then fuck. she's like 
she's like My the God. older mature lady. She's like, you go live your life. You let exactly. me die. Role reversal, and like, dude. And he's just she like, I don't want grandpa. to. <laughs> yeah, oh basically. God. It's so like, it's pretty He's great. No one, no I get to see you for an hour. Kids die. Yeah, right? That's But more kids should die in movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Well, we're not. We, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is different. So, <laughs> well, wait, no, no, so no. Does we, that we count? Is that her no. dying, technically? It's because she's a kid <sighs> since we met Murph. So, technically, is this a kid dying in a movie? Ooh. Okay, but also, not, Casey well, she's, first she turns into an old lady, they, so you Casey, know, not really. Casey, Casey Affleck's first daughter that they named Jesse for sure died as a child in this movie that they glaze over pretty swiftly. <laughs> That's in the messages when Timothy Chalamet turns into Casey Affleck. They definitely show a baby and then reference how he's distraught and like fucked over the farm and his kid dying because of the yeah. dust. The dust got to him. I mean, that's what I presume. Because, you know, eventually Topher Grace shows up and is like, y'all gotta get out of here now. Shit, there's a big wave the first They should. You know what? You guys should be hanging out down the street. Not get away from here. Same old thing. Same shit. Same. Yeah, I, uh... I don't know. I'm just touching on all the all the things that I like. And, you know, we're we're making our way in a good fashion so we so we touch on everything where it worked you remember how that uh robot ran when it was trying to save um uh and halfway yeah it was like spinning yeah that shit was crazy looking it's just this robot's just insane looking throughout this whole movie well yeah it's like it's a mixture of as mike said like the personality stuff from hitchhiker's uh, guide in 2001 but also, I just mean like the well, physical, well, like. Well, that no, that's what I'm talking. I'm talking about the physicality of it. It almost is like you know the Danger World Robinson ship from Lost in Space. Oh it's yeah, like, Lost in Space. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's essentially it's it's essentially like a, a a droid that has the ability to adapt to its surroundings. It's like uh, a Dalek it does. from Doctor Who. Sure, I don't know what that is, but sure, I trust it's your make judgment. Many references that Lou doesn't know. I, I don't know. You lost we... me in the Doctor Hugh thing. Uh, Hugh. Scar- scarves weird me out. Yes. <laughs> Doctor Doctor Hubert Farnsworth was what I was getting at. Sorry. Oh, Hubert J. Farnsworth. And all of any a sudden, hue, it just they hit a deep hue. spot, and that shit just goes like way down. You hit deep. That would be that would be crazy because usually like waves hit when there's like a big drop in the ocean. And then all of a sudden it gets really shallow. That's what creates the wave or some shit like that. So what Neil to DeGrasse think, oh. Neil DeGrasse says is that the planet is actually spinning. It's like you're yes. moving towards the wave and the wave is just there. You're passing through it. Hence oh, why they shit. go up. Hence why when they don't turn it on and and uh, <clears throat> Wes Bentley dies, they go up the wave and then they're on top of it and then they come down the backside. It's like they're going, you know, you get. Oh, you get that's it. crazy. Yeah, I yeah. Got you. that's crazy. You knew that one, Lou? Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. That's the, the whole thing. The whole thing <laughs> about yeah, like dude. the whole thing about how that planet sits so close to gargantuan and essentially the physics that exists like on that on that planet right. itself. It's not so not so balls crazy. Yeah, wild, dude. It's when Annie wild. Hathaway is like the chick, probably landed hours before we did and died, and that's why no one knew anything. And how was the wreckage still together after this many years? Oh, because it wasn't that many years because of the time shift. 
And then that's just a whole nother fucking mind fuck that you're just like, I didn't even know that lady. And now I'm sad she's dead. <laughs> uh-huh. Especially once we see Matt Damon and he fucking sucks that you're just like, what about the other people that all died? <laughs> I have, I do have something. I have something to say to Matt about Matt Damon's oh, character. You know what? Very, well, very glad you brought that up. We're about at that point where Matt Damon shows up and tried killing himself mm-hmm. and just, and then plays a role. So take it, take it Lou. All right, so I have a hot take on on Doctor Man, aka Matt Damon's character. Bring it on, brother! No, I believe that Doctor Man is essentially purely symbolic. He's pure, pure, purely symbolic of of humanity, and more importantly, their flaws. And Ooh. and here's kind of why I think that that way. <gasps> I think in, this in, is it, Joey. I think in this the beginning, is in the beginning of of the the film, or at the first part, Michael Caine voices that Doctor Man was the best of us, right? And mm-hmm. yes, we know that like humans by nature are selfish. They act constantly preserve themselves or any means necessary lies, deception, violence, theft, etc. So essentially mm-hmm. I asked the two mm-hmm. of you, what does Dr. Man end up doing? He lies and deceives about the planet being a bit of uh, being the, a place crazy. that people can set up um, and forces people to show up, right? Violence through literally setting a trap for the crew and then attempts to steal their lander and then attempt to steal the endurance. Essentially, Dr. Man represents the shortcomings of humanity. Um, and, and a direct, like, that, that character is directly like, these are why humans are fucked up. This mm. is the care. This is my vehicle for the writer Shit. saying, like, this is why humans are fucked. I love it. That's what, that's why I place. think. That's why I think. That is representative of old fucking Matty D. And, and Hollow Earth, go on. So, I believe that the planet that Anne Hathaway landed on, oh, essentially, yeah, I believe that that one is a Hollow oh, Earth. Uh, the reason for that is, if you notice, yes. she is literally building a rock uh, mound, if you yes. will, uh, that, that she's burying her lover at that point in time. Now, if you notice in the background, it's, it's very, there's a lot of rocks all over the place. She's setting up her home base. She's all alone. I believe that that, in a sense represents a planet that is completely hollowed out because all of the life that we would expect to see on the inside of the earth uh, or on the outside of the earth is on the inside of the earth. So she hasn't even gotten to the point now of being able to explore that other part. Um, Think of it like it's a reversal, right? The outside is is desolate and barren while on the inside it's, it's fully flourishing with, with water and and all sorts of, uh, of teeming with life, if you will. It's inverted. Plants, all that great stuff. It, exactly. It's like evolution. Literally inverted. <gasps> Correct. The movie evolution. Now the second one, I think that's one. Just like just like in Iron Sky Two, where they go into the Hollow Earth, I believe that oh, in, in Interstellar Two, you went, in Interstellar you Two, they are going to explore the Hollow Earth that Anne Hathaway is now setting up and potentially attempting to build a civilization that doesn't commit incest by trying to repopulate the planet. So that'd be an interesting one in and of itself too. Whoa, there's a sequel. Wow. I mean, if that, yeah, that's what was positive at the end, at the end of this movie, they try and really sell it hard. Like, Matt, Matt McConaughey is going out there to, to yeah, right. Her, but that's you know? why there's yeah, there's no way they're gonna make it. It's just a good like no. you know. No, they don't, don't need to. They don't need to. Like second adventure, how you gonna how you gonna end it? Besides, well, they already they one. already figured it out. You like know? that's one of the big. It's things like Lethal that... Weapon, dude. They fucking look at each other. Want to do the same old thing again, Riggs? Hell yeah, partner. It's they they literally have have essentially like figured it out. By the time he gets back, and it's like. Yeah, we just left Earth and we're on this giant fucking rotating uh, cylindrical fucking centrifuge in space. 
We yeah. don't need to fucking go to a planet. We got a thing right here. And it's like, oh, so we didn't need to go and put our lives at risk and fucking potentially multiple people die and these missions fail. It's like she's out there thinking that she's supposed to be essentially responsible for repopulating humanity. And it's yeah. like, no, we figured it out. It's like, oh, yeah. shit, I got to go. I got to go rescue her. I feel bad. Me, yeah. you know, like that's that's exactly what Murph is telling Coop at the end there. That's the whole that's the last yeah. lot, the over uh, whatever you want to call it, the over monologuing of like mm-hmm. her voice or whatever as he like steals that ship and goes is like, oh, yeah, we're good. Like, I got to go. <laughs> Let's not let every other person I was just with die, essentially, because mm-hmm. is that not she's the only one left and mm-hmm. And honestly, dude, like, I know, like, there's a fuck ton of characters and shit in that, but her her character, like, might be my favorite for what they show as trying as much as they can to not make her, like, a secondary, like, female character that's two-dimensional or whatnot. It's like, you know, yeah, she loves the guy and wants to go there, but they, but everything in her life is fucked as well. Like, just like Coops, basically. And she's not the main character. You know, the person she wants to go see that she loves is not alive anymore. Her fucking dad dies, who was basically lying about everything and pretty much sent her to die without telling her is what we're led to believe. So that's not fucked up at all, obviously. We can just gloss over that whole thing. That's totally fine. And then she's fucking alone and she just saw what happened with Matt Damon when he was alone for too long and everyone else she was just with died. Like... Dude, that's just the never-ending adventure of, like, I guess I'll just die now. So she's for sure sitting there, teared up at the end, making that rock grave, because it's just like, you were the last person I had a chance with, because she probably assumes Coop's dead, too. Because, like, why the fuck not after he just detaches? Yeah, because of the weight or whatever, and, you know, or whatever he was thinking. But it was just, Mm -hmm. you know, that's his destiny and whatnot. But, like, she's totally left out there clueless. And right away is just like to blame for uh fucking whatever Doyle dying mm-hmm. and all that shit, you know, and it's just like she, she she had a rough go, too, and she made it out of this and I had a soft spot for Annie Hathaway since since Princess Diaries. Big fan. Big fan. I think, Big uh, Annie Hathaway guy. I think what's also interesting, too, is um, each one of the each one of the main characters um, and I don't know if I can do it for all of them, but I think for the, the main ones specifically, like obviously Matthew McConaughey's character, Coop, um, obviously Michael Caine's character, Anne Hathaway's, I think you can see like these, these, and obviously as what I was saying about Matt Damon, Dr. Man, um, each, each one of them are kind of archetypes of, of different types of humans. Yeah, obviously, yeah, exactly. well, obviously, like I said, uh, Dr. Man being kind of like the, the flaws that exist within humans, but with Cooper, it's like he's very altruistic. Like, I want to go and do the right thing for the benefit of mankind. We see Anne Hathaway. She falls into kind of the archetype of like, I'm acting off emotion. I don't yes, want to. Exactly. I don't necessarily want to go to this planet because, or like, I believe sure. it's the best. Her emotions are getting in the way, and she can't trust herself. She's clouded. Is what yeah, she she's admitted clouded to. By that. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like that's that's a great realistic character trait. That's mainly what I like about it. Because Coop instantly is like, then we're not going there. And if they just went there fucking remley wouldn't be dead like you know one life right there so it's that idea that like all these characters they are literal embodiments of like various like 
representatives of like aspects of what makes humans. Yeah, no, human. it's it's very it's very cinematic or Shakespearean or you know like Homer or something like that. Socrates, sure. anyone? Yeah. No, sure. sure yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bill and Ted. Baby. <laughs> I got you. Um, Bill and Ted. Thank you. Time it's, travel movies stuff. Another Time one. Stuff. Another one. No George Carlin though. That would have been cool. But no, rest in power. Hard. Want to do the seven dirty words right now? We got time. We can do whatever on this podcast. I'll, I'll let you take it away. Uh, Blink one eight two. Poo poo dude. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> you got me on that one. I that, is, that is what um, they did with it. But I know they the chords, did. so we can no. cover it. But uh, it, yeah, yeah. It's it's just it was it was very interesting <laughs> to see that like almost to a T. They're saying like these are the these are the the X amount of types of humans that exist. Obviously, with Michael Caine's character, it's like he was doing something. He almost was taking like an Ozymandias approach to it, like from uh, yeah, like right, the Watchmen, exactly, where it's like exactly. this needs to be done for the betterment of 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 the whole i'm going to lie because this needs to be done you have to crack eggs and make a fucking omelet right and you have yeah. someone like coop who again is just i'm doing the right thing although he's being kind of manipulated <laughs> into doing something right and then his daughter you know? is clouded so she's like yeah i'll go i can see that guy sure right mm-hmm. it's just it, and, again, and whatever it is for remily i'm not exact they don't give him too that's much. logic he dies that's logic. is that what he is he's logic, logic. So yeah, is, 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 is he's is, a really good he's a really good like that's what which it seems one is like. he has which a, one is has, he again he's he's the one that he ages when they go to okay, yeah. the water planet oh yeah so, so he's, logic. he's logic he's logic because if you remember like his biggest thing is he's very like he yes, can do the, the calculations these, this, alum, this aluminum is between me and the vast like and never ending space and etc and he's very uh He's wound up, you know, and a little awkward. And so, of course, he's a fucking genius and all of that type of logistical stuff. So he would be somebody who's thought, like, as far as humans are concerned and some of their core personalities, like, he's dominated by logic. So He thinks about everything, too, though, you know? It seems like that, the, the overthinking, like, I got to know everything about everything. That's why he's sketching well, out. To, he needs I, the Dramamine. <laughs> oh, well, he needs to know everything about everything. Joey because he needs the Dramamine. He needs to like understand oh, yeah. it that it like this is fact, right? That's why he's yeah, so self obsessed. Because again, lot that's logic. I know it's a fact. I can ex- I can understand this. So he is Therefore, the world famous rapper Logic. Okay, I got you. He is a music software programming thingamabobber. Logic, mm-hmm. gotcha. Wow, that's yes. crazy. Yep. That's good to know. Well, the more you know, the more you, you know. know. That is, that's, is power. that's cool. That's cool that they're all represented as that stuff. And that's just, I mean, that's just kind of my hot take on it. Like just looking at these no, characters I, I like again. That, that, that I makes take... a lot of sense. It just, yeah, to me, that, that's what this, that's kind of what this, what this screams. That's why it's about like at its core. That's why I said when you were like, what's the elevator pitch? It's like, aside from the visual and, and like auditory buffet that exists, it's basically just, you know, it's kind of uh, a play on humans. And yeah. like they're 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 striving to preserve themselves. The struggle uh, of man. The struggle of man and the preservation of humanity. Um, but it's an allegory for humans. Yes. Because because that mm-hmm. that that in and of itself is a very complicated topic because we're all different and we all exhibit these behaviors and these qualities and all of those qualities are exhibited in individual characters. Think of it like a spectrum of. You know, a fucking rainbow, if you will. It's Dude, like, the universe. What do you think ever us? happens to Matthew McConaughey's son? I'm sorry, like fucking, just take you way off topic, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, 
way out here. What his do you son? ever think happens to his son? Yeah. Do they address that? Thomas oh, died. Affleck. Yeah, oh, he, he, yeah. he, he, he died. died. Of the, he died of like I don't know he's, the fucking corn flu or something. Dust he's flu. Older than, he's older than Murphs, and he wasn't there. So yeah, that's fair. It's just you think he'd want to see his son after like all that time but too. Sure. Yeah, but the, sure the universe, the universe chose. He cares Murph, more about you know, Murph. It was, it's it's obvious. It's, yeah, it's, like, it's, everything's it's more not, about Murph. Dude, do your parents care more about your brother than you? Okay, never mind. Bad example, Joey. Do your parents care more about you than your brother? See, exactly. They love all of you the same. (laughs) They love all you the same. Well, I can't use me as an example. My parents obviously love me more than my sister. All right, come on. (laughs) No, it's no, no. It's just it's it's the parental thing, dude. They love they love you all equally. There ain't no Macaulay Culkin good son shit involved in this. It's just he was older. He had his life. He he died. He's the man. You know, he took over the company and everything. He did what he could do. He turned into Casey Affleck. Yeah, the the company farm, the, farm. <laughs> the family farm it took over. The family farm. Well, he wanted to be though, at least you know, and he, he has wanted a family. To be a, he, he didn't loses to be someone a, in his family, just like his mom. Well, the farm. I'm gonna take the farm from you, but uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just you know, the universe just just chose Murph, and so she was the one that you really need to tie it up with because you think Coop thinks it all kind of revolves around him, or maybe that's what he just assumed at first mm-hmm. was that it was all about him and then realized like, no, it's my daughter, which is even more beautiful and he loves it. And he gets all Matthew McConaughey teary eyed, which is always, always so good. So good and powerful, mm-hmm. potent, very real actor. Just, just living, just living in it, dude. Just always, just always being as human and real and true to himself in these roles. All right. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> he keeps, you know what I like he about will. playing this role in Interstellar, man? Because <laughs> I don't get older and everybody else does. <laughs> no, they <laughs> all keep nice. getting older, nice. but I stay the same age. That's yeah. what it is. Oh, That's I know, I know. Yeah, nice. I know, I know, I know. But I was changing it, obviously, so it's... <laughs> No, I'm saying that's that would be the quote for this. Yeah, movie. it works exactly. It works. Yeah. Oh my God, he did it twice. He did do it twice. <laughs> he did he it did twice. It. He pulled it off twice. Should have went back in my audio book of his of his book and seen if he had more to say about this because I couldn't remember. Dude, it's a lot. It's his whole he life. He said that when he met his when he met his daughter again when she was an old lady. He should have <laughs> been like. You keep getting older, and I stay but the I same stay age. the same age. <laughs> Is this all right? All right? All right? And then he just walks out on that, or not, or not, or not. And then he just walks at movie over. Yes. So that's how that's it ends, it. folks. Thanks for watching. Uh, don't need to watch it now because trust us, that's how it ends. <laughs> it's a prequel you, to Dazed and Confused. <laughs> would you? So, so out of the uh, the 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 obviously the the speech made by Michael Caine before they launch uh, that's the being poem. played in the, dubbed in the background. Yes. Now yes. Here, I, I, here's the question for the two of you, uh, which is more memorable and impactful uh, Bill Pullman's pre- uh, speech as the president in independence day <laughs> or uh, Michael Caine's speech in interstellar go. Oh, wow. Uh, Bill Pullman, but it's great. Um, 
I'll, I'll also go with Bill Pullman, man. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's my. That's my. Dude, they they wrote that for Bill Pullman, probably. I don't know, or is that like an Abe Lincoln speech? But this this thing was this was a poem. This was a poem. Yeah, this is a that, poem in this movie written by somebody else. So. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that that was written. So, but it's it's go boldly are... into the night. I just I think of those two very similar to one. It another. is it is very much like that where when he's first saying it as they're like launching and shit, it's kind of awkward. Like, are you just like gonna monologue while we go up into? Okay, he's still talking. All right, yeah, okay, wow. Well, I think yeah. that's what he, they were trying to do is the whole like Bill Pullman, you know, essentially addressing the militia before they go and fight the mothership is kind of the same thing of like you <laughs> yeah. are the, Michael Caine's like just Randy Quaid. Just to remind you, crew, yeah. Michael Caine's like, you guys are it. Yeah. This, this is your mission. to fucking work, and I'm going to send you off by kind of t- delivering you think to you that's this his, You think that's his subtle way of like being like, oh, you're fucked, by the way, and I lied to you? Maybe you can decipher this poem. Yeah. I don't know. I th- I think I think the poem I itself. Think so. it's I think there. the poem itself. Like I, when when every time I hear it, it's like it just says like it's be be, be fearless, be fearless. Be fearless. Yes. You know, like even Save though, us. even Save though, us. like I can't remember what the one line is. It's like even though essentially people understand that they're gonna, even wise men understand that they're going into the night and the night is right. It's like don't fucking go quietly. Rage, rage, rage. It's like. Yeah, you yeah, go yeah. into the very Something end. Like that. You go to the very end because you understand what your fucking demise is. That's to me like yeah. my understanding. It's like we're gonna die, motherfucker. We were born to die, right? We're humans. We're going we're to tonight. die. We're alone. Right? The music is right but tonight. With that, with that, uh, that fucking universal understanding that we are born to die. Don't fucking just lay over and let it happen. Like fucking rage, dude. Make it happen. Go, go, fucking go. Rage, rage, that's, Mr. Cheezel. That's to me like kind of what that like whole poem is, is it's just like that would be my interpretation of it where it's like, don't pay attention to anything else. You go and fulfill this mission. Yeah, I got I got that, too. At first, I was just like, ooh, maybe there's another thing you was thinking. Maybe just to keep them quiet and being like, don't pay attention to the fact that I lied about my math. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> just lied about it. I mean, I, planets, dude. Is there... Is there any uh any more planet stuff you want to jump into here? Because we got the waves one down, but then we got cold as brick titties, Matt Damon world that he also lies that he's lies about, you know, all that good in humanity. And you pretty much, you know, we talked about the the inverted rock world that I guess that's mm-hmm. where the other guy would have been, and we don't know any of the other nine people that they just just died in wherever they are basically. Or maybe one like of them met a nice alien person there. Do you think there would have been like a jungle a life, planet? Started a whole thing, whole colony with the alien person. Maybe I don't know. Jo- oh, you, you, so you mean like it was like Kingdom Hearts or something, and one of them's the Tarzan world, and then yeah. they're over, they're over here in Ice yeah. Age world. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Dude, where, where's the fucking Gummy Five Thousand? Let's fucking get out of here. <laughs> I love that shit. That was good. That was very good. I don't know. I uh, I remember Lou saying he wanted to talk, get into some planets. Oh no, no. Did we get all we get all the planet stuff? Down? Yeah. The the only the only thing I really had to say about like the ice, the ice planet because it's because I wanted I just wanted to talk about fucking Matt Damon. Like 
that that Dude, was who doesn't the point am that i right i got you good was what i wanted wanted to to get at no i I think I think Ice Planet was insane because there was that one sequence where they're basically flying through and like the atmosphere is so cold that like the water molecules within the clouds themselves. Yeah, the cloud frozen. was frozen. That's that's crazy. another like unaddressed just like flies into it, chips it off. Like oh, the cloud's frozen. Okay, moving on. Um, no, I, I I didn't have I, anything else to say about that. I, don't I, know if you I guys like do. yeah yeah I do. I got one thing because of the parallels of how I like the fight and all like the new stakes brought up there. Once we get Matt Damon, uh, he pretty much, you know, admits everything when he drags Cooper out there and steals the, whatever, you know, transmitter walkie type thing. And at the same time, it's that's when Tom, his son and the farm is like being told it's inhabitable by Topher Grace. And there's just Mm -hmm. a nice little parallel that I like there of people like essentially, lying being lied to lying to themselves and then finding out like you can't live in this place anymore and it just ties back to that original thing about uh how they just start the movie right off with with that you know Uh we can't live here anymore we need a new space and right when fucking coop and man are you know fighting and looking around is the same time that like uh fucking topa grace Topher Grace, dude, he's there for like five minutes, but he's there. He is, and uh, he they is. don't want they don't want any more Casey Affleck's kids to die. So there's a whole thing of a bobber and some fields getting burnt and whatever. And it's just oh yeah, a nice, he commits a nice he little commits metaphor. Arson. He commits yeah. whatever arson happened. There's a nice little metaphor to his there. kid. Does I like his kid it. Die? Uh, the other kid, his first kid that he had died. The yeah, little but... coop, little coop, little coop. <laughs> as we're calling him, little coops. Oh fine. yeah. What do you ever think happens to his kid's kid? I, I bet Lil Coop was one of the people in the hospital room at the end. Maybe growing yeah. up, like yeah. 70 years old. I don't know. Oh, maybe. What'd you, they should, what'd you say, Joey? They're just missing out too much. They're, they're missing out some stuff. I'm like the family. Because it, did, cause, cause it <laughs> like, didn't matter. What happened to the son? What it, happened to the son's son? Because there's too many questions that don't need to be answered that's why they no, address murph because murph was the it's, chosen one the, and the they're rest only being is asked like, now because we're cares. actually doing the podcast i know that's why it's good, good <laughs> questions to pose but it's just like i don't think you're gonna find anything dude people no. are focusing on the <laughs> physics and all that aspect more of it but uh no i mean that was really the only i don't know that's one of the only other thing besides uh the great scene of when matt damon does fuck everything up with the airlock piece of shit mm-hmm. And Coop has to match the spin and he everything to grat to whatever grip onto the endurance and does that whole, I don't know. I just really love that. Another part where like the score is just so thick mm-hmm. sound editing and everything. And Hans Zimmer just, it's coming at you. There's more just like edgier seat type shit going on. It's right before they pretty much him and Annie Hathaway part ways. So it's a, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it, I don't know, just a fun another sequence of where you see that thing blow up and I'm just like, dude, they're fucked now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm like, well, what's going to happen next? Oh, well, I guess I'll sit around and find out. <laughs> what, I th- what I think I really like about that sequence, too, um, where essentially Matthew McConaughey has to speed the ship up because it's all fucked up, right? Yeah. Um, because Homeboy essentially is trying to steal the endurance. What I enjoy most about Maybe. this movie, too, is like... Um, a lot of films you see uh, explosions in space, right? 
in the vacuum of space. Now, fire needs oxygen, and oxygen is devoid in space because it's a literal vacuum. Right, so if you notice no with fire. the Intrepid, like there's no there's no fire. There's just pieces of shit breaking off. So it's yep. that oh, again a very small detail, but I like, did very interesting. That's why they show they show the wave of it, you know, like the the EMP or whatever it is type of wave yeah. that's sent off, and Annie Hathaway's face being like, "Holy fuck balls!" And that's and that's it. There's there is there's no flames. It's very like just debris all over the fucking place. Gravity. It's a vacuum. It's a, it's a vacuum. Like even if there is like a vacuum. even if there is like any sort of like a fire that exists, as soon as it's exposed to the vacuum of space, it completely kills it, and it's just like gone. Because yeah. think about an atmosphere; it needs you know inside a ship, for example. It's like as soon as it hits that, and everything gets sucked out. It's like a plane. You open up a door in a plane; everything gets sucked out, but it gets sucked out into an atmosphere that can you know that has oxygen in it, right? Fucking it's got pressure, bro. Space does pressure. not. Space is a vacuum. Too as they say. much pressure. Correct. Too pressure. Pressure. Pushing down on us. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's cool. Morse code is cool. Binary is cool. Ghosts yeah. not really being ghosts. Cool. How perfect is it that you know Mark walks in on fucking Michael Caine just like dying? Yeah, dying. I really love that. Like, no, not yet. I'm not done with you. And it was just like, oh, that's not how that works. No, I'm gonna die exactly when you show up. <laughs> it was convenient. It was convenient. It was. It was. She caught him at the right time, I guess. <laughs> you know, good storytelling. Uh-huh. Editing right there. Good editing. <laughs> that's what the back and forth is, though. That's the editing. That's the type of you know. Did that get? Was that one of the fucking Oscar noms or something? That's a really good. I like it. The metaphors, the fucking the mm. human shit going on, and all that. It's the struggle mm. of man. Humanity. This is what I bring to the podcast, guys. This is what I bring to the podcast. Right? Appreciate you. <laughs> I'm not the most fun to listen to, but I bring dumb shit Bloods. like that in. <laughs> Dude, people people enjoy. I'm sure anyone out there that's listening to this has seen this movie. This isn't going to be a random one. You're going to click on if you don't know anything about it. So. Yeah, for I, sure. I said, I said, I've said my pieces. This, this one, uh, this one hit hard when I first saw it. I was definitely obsessed for a while, and just, just good, just very good, too good, insanely good, ludicrous good. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Out of ten. Ten. What did you say, Joey? Out of ten. A nine point eight out of ten. Ooh, nice. Nice. Only what did you take? What did you take point two off for? Uh, what happens to his kid, like the son, and what happens to his grandson? It's a bunch of bullshit. I mean, those are fair. <laughs> other, those than are that, fair questions. other than that, it's a, other than that, it's a ten out of ten. But I, I have to side with Mikey on this one. Twelve out of I ten. Think, I don't think you're gonna get. I don't think you're gonna you're get, not it, gonna so. get it. Oh no, I know, I know. This is what it's Joey a, brings to the table. Unless, unless they have like a fucking, you know. Christmas you Carol moment, and they travel the to like fucking. Joe, you met one of these people, right? Come on. I have not met any of these people. What? You didn't meet fucking Timothy Chalamet? No, man. Not Topher right. Grace. You didn't meet Topher no. Grace, dude? No. Pretty sure I met Topher Grace. I'm just kidding. Obviously not. I feel like he would be the one person that would be at Comic Cons out of all of these people. Maybe he's the one. 
he did that. Or like not Comic-Con, but you know what I'm saying, like cons. Something like right? that. Yeah. Something. Casey Affleck's yeah. not going to fucking con. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like McConaughey. Uh, not yet. He's got he, other stuff. Yeah, he's got way too many other irons in the fire. I never did any comic book movies to. or anything, you know? No, I, I think he did I think he did a convention after uh fucking True Detective came out because I've seen him oh, on stage, yeah. but like oh, San Diego Comic Con or something, one of the big ones. But as far as like, I'm talking like cons on the East Coast, like not oh, San Diego no, no. Comic Con is like one of the huge ones. Yeah, you know? San Diego and New York Comic Con are the huge, huge, huge as it gets. Big balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Really, these are big balls stars, you know. So sometimes big they got balls. other, they got other shit to do with their big balls. Big balls. It, it happens. Yep. Big balls. Sound clip. Um. Yeah, anyway, said my piece, like I said. How about you? Going to nail some some facts? We already nailed uh, a bunch of facts. It was a good one to do it throughout, but what up? Yeah. The uh, the only the only other thing I wanted to say, um, my last piece, I guess, because I, I know I spoke up, just rambled on a lot during this fucking uh, podcast. Yeah, the, uh, I thought of that too. <laughs> the the only other thing I want to mention from that uh, specific interview is where like Christopher Nolan mentions like sp- like space, and essentially he says, "Quote: I really I think really space exploration to me has always been represented the most hopeful and optimistic endeavor that mankind has ever really engaged with. I feel very strongly that we're at a point now to where we need to start looking out again and exploring our place in the universe more." Um, I, I think th- that like, end quote, I think like the, his like insight into how he personally feels about like just space, space represents optimism versus like if they even say it in the movie, Coop has that like line where he's like, you know, imagine all the farmers dying in the dirt or whatever the fuck he says. Like it's the uh... difference between, I remember when humans used to, you know, we were explorers, we're not caretakers or, you know, like he has that. Yes, that yes, that's basically, exactly. I think a lot of like Christopher Nolan channeling his like feelings into cooping. Like we need, we are explorers. Like we need to innovate. We need to continue yeah, to look the outward. One, the one is like, uh, we used to look up at the stars and dream of our path or something. And now we, and now we look at our path, like down at the dirt or something yeah, exactly. like that. And it's just like, so, Oh yeah, it's fucking depressing losing all your dreams and optimism or whatever, you know? Right. Because again, it goes back to that, that universal truth. All living things are born to die. So yep. for, for now the planet, which is like the largest organism that we call our home, that's dying. It's like, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to fucking innovate or are we just going to chill here and like let march into extinction? You know, like, so it's, it's cool to see that that's kind of one of the main like cruxes of this film where it's like galvanizing humanity in order to constantly be pushing outwards and, and seeking the preservation of, of, of humanity. Like, through any yeah. means necessary, like and and what we encounter along the way, and the different types of uh, counter forces that interact with that, whether it's people being fucking liars or driven by emotion or whatever that is, like we can do it. It's just <laughs> this illustrates kind of the bumps in the road and we what, built what this we deal planet. with. Yes, I like they it. technically did. They technically did. No, no, yeah, yeah, they did. They built. They built they the planet. It's pretty cool. Another Matt Damon movie. They mm-hmm. didn't buy a zoo this time. They bought a planet. The sequel to We Bought a Zoo. Coming oh, this boy. January. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know if it would be any one. better than We Bought a Zoo, but 
it i mean it's a planet though so it the, has potential the bar is potential. so low the bar is so could low be better. Could they be really they own you know, all of the set those expectations <laughs> yeah i hope there's no time shift on it could we'll be see. could be uh yeah yeah we'll see so um so I don't know. Yeah, we we t- we touched on a lot of things. I got like a little like fact based trivia stuff because Ooh. there's just there's too many options to do with this, and it's really just I want to say a bunch of things we haven't said yet, and I might as well, uh, might as well have a little fun with it, and then uh, and then we can play like one quick game right at the end to top her off. You know, a real, a real classic or a good DLM one, but uh, nice. but for now. I'd like to jump to where me and Lou love to stand on the critics and or big awards standings on this movie and they're somewhat snubbing, but Uh we all know there is a large fan base and there is a insane uh, amount of like high star ratings on Letterboxd for this. It's just, it's one of those ones that when I show you guys, it's like, all up there between four and five it's legitimately what all the big like oscar contenders looks like like more than like avengers movies more than star wars movies people love this fucking movie don't know Mm -hmm. what happened with the awards so if i were to say this movie is in the top 250 films of imdb would you have any would you gentlemen Take a guess which number in 250 this is at. Oh, boy. Let, let's start with that one. And then I'll add on a little something. Okay. What do you think? Any ideas? Doesn't need, uh, to, doesn't need to be serious. This is this is fun. 238, you think it's, 238. Think it's low it's in probably, the 250, essentially? I, I sadly think it's pretty low. Low oh, 250. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic. Um, I'm going to say 150. Still somewhat optimistic yeah i would I say. love it what if i told you it's in the top 50 wow whoa and 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 what if i also tacked on that there are other christopher nolan movies in this top 50 what if i said what? that that Interstellar is so much higher up than y'all were expecting. There is at least one, uh, two. There is at least two other Christopher Nolan movies ahead of this in that top fifty. Oh, sure. Would you Would you love to guess where you think it is, and what those other two Nolan movies would be that could possibly be higher? How about that now? Because I'm going to tell you in a minute anyway. So why don't you have some fucking fun with it, gentlemen? I'm going to say he's probably got one in like around the 15-ish area. I would say top 20. Uh, and I think the other one's in the top 30. You think all of them? Yeah. I Well, so my guesses are for like the one that's in the top 20, I would say uh, Dark Knight is up there. I would say in the we'll say in the forties, maybe memento. And I would say interstellar is in like the thirties. Okay. I like that. Good and concise. You want, you want to say any like that, Joey, just before I big reveal. He's pretty good. You want a big poo poo? I want a big poo poo. You want to take a big poo poo. 
Dude, the there's some there's some crazy ones in here. This is just IMDb, but you can't like not see it without looking it up. And mm-hmm. Interstellar is number twenty eight. Oh, and shit. so the ones that beat it out are pretty insane on this is basically the highest rating with the most like votes. So there's probably a few other movies that have like a higher rating, but they don't have as many people exclaiming that, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So what so what this is is Inception is number thirteen. What? And the Dark Knight is fourth. Holy shit. Dark Knight makes... has a nine point and yeah, you know, right? Wow. Makes sense palatable the most palatable one it's batman what do you need to know batman dark batman right exactly michael kane he likes to work with these people that he's already worked with in case you haven't noticed that before if we're going to talk english english austin it's not the size that counts it's the way you use it take it bar bar humbug I what would, day is uh, it, dear boy? I, I would Game say, rules. I would say what's also insane, uh, from like a, just a weird factoid uh, perspective, both Dark Knight and Interstellar are two of maybe three or three movies, maybe four movies that I've seen more than three times in theaters. Ooh, that's thick. Nice. Yeah. I could almost say the same. My Dark Knight is two and a half because I had to chill before I could sneak into Pineapple Express. Nice. Good times. Talk about that more when we do Pineapple Express. (laughs) Correct. So that was fun. Everyone loved that. Let's jump into some budget stuff. You guys like budgets? You like numbers? What do you guys think of the budget? As in the money that was needed to make this film possible. What oh, do you wow. think that number is? You gotta, we, we gotta jump high. We've done some of these before. I'll just say start over a hundred million and then, okay. and then I'll, I'll tell you where. Yeah. What I'm, do you think? I'm gonna Any say, idea for the spectacle of a film? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say 350 million. Maybe, no, 400 million. Yeah, we're going 400 million. For the budget, okay. For the budget, uh, I'm going to do like... Just the budget now. The I'm thinking budget. like like one, 195. Yeah, that's pretty close. <clears throat> well, just because like I'm thinking like effects and like rendering and all yeah, that exactly. shit. And the actors, well, obviously, but like effects. You know, I was thinking of the whole planet they had to fucking... The two planets they had to fucking purchase to like film on, you know? Shit. Uh, they did have to go to real planets. <laughs> Very nice. And that is why it cost four hundred million trillion dollars. Joey is correct. Yes, no. Exactly. It was yes. it was hundred and sixty five million. Oh wow. But then the thing Shit, is it di- it domestically got a hundred and eighty eight in earned. So it was like a 22 million like net gain which seems like not a lot domestically what do you guys think worldwide oh, is boy. what it got which is like a bigger jump joey i'd say this is where your guess from before you could even go up from there 
Because this is what they earned, dude. How many? Basically, yeah. how big do you think this was? You think people saw this as much as they saw the Avengers? I'm, I'm gonna say six hundred million, maybe. Dude, yeah, that's million. dude. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, it, so this is the the gross uh, worldwide revenue gross. from. Yeah, this is, is this like including? The... Is this including US or not? Yeah, that's why it includes the domestic. Oh, okay, okay. And the domestic, the domestic was okay. was one eighty eight. I told you guys, so that's why I was right, like, right, so you right, gotta right. imagine like triple that or something, right, you know? Right, right. Um, I'm gonna go with the worldwide is like, I don't know, like, like three, three to four. Or no, you said Joey is was close, uh, and he could go up from there. And he, what did you say, Joey? Like four fifty originally. For no, I said, uh, said I, I six, said six hundred million. No, for, for budget. World... For budget. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for the budget. Oh, it, I, it yeah, was, I said four hundred like, million. Yeah. All right. It was like two hundred fifty to four hundred million. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the the gross then is like probably like five global. Dude, so international is a little over five hundred million, and worldwide is just over seven hundred million oh, wow. wow joey you were you were closer on that one but yeah That's i mean crazy. yeah it, it is just like dude big movie and especially let's see especially multiple releases in china south korea russia australia japan and they all got over 10 million south korea is like 74 million there what is going on there that's just insane they love it Box Office Mojo. That's where we got this fun stuff cool. from that, folks. Box Office Mojo. And uh, it's a crazy one. So I wanted to jump to that just because I had these in an order that wasn't as good in order because now I want to go back to the the critical bullshit of just we were talking about awards. We're going to get to it. Awards. Right, na- right now is when we're getting to it. Imagine that there are five Academy Awards that this film was nominated for. Guess one. Anybody. Uh, nominated um, for? Um... Nominated. There are five categories. We already pretty much said it's not any of the big five. So you gotta uh, think, of, think of the others. Best Cinematography? No. Uh, best Original Score? Yes. That is one um, way to go. Best, best special no, you don't, effects. You don't need to keep going. You need oh, to keep going. Sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, like, sorry, I'm sorry, open, sorry, sorry. You're taking too long. Uh, well, yeah. Um, I score is what Lou Dog said, but um, it's a nominee. There's five, and as we might know, it did win one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know what one of them is, but it's not original score, which Hans Zimmer was nominated for. So at least there's one. What do you think it actually won for, though? Um... <laughs> Best lighting. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, it's no, it's not. It's yeah. It's Hair and as... makeup. No, uh, I oh, think that's a good one. That's your guess. Joey, your turn. Lucy's hair and makeup. Joey Park that... twice if you're in Milwaukee. Yeah, are you in Milwaukee? Dude, I... Uh, okay, thought I we lost you. thought we lost you. Oh, no. Sorry. All right, so it I said won hair and makeup. for... It yeah, won I'm... for... We're taking too long. 
it won for visual effects. Felt like that was pretty obvious. Nice. It might not yeah. have been. So visual effects, it won a crew of gentlemen we're not going to name that have done countless other insanely large movies that are nominated for visual effects probably every year. It's insane. I click on one of these dudes and it says like 44 nominations and 12 wins. And it's just like, all right, moving on. But Hans Zimmer, no, no win. Uh, best uh, sound mixing, no, no win. Sound editing, no, no win. And production design, no, no win. Don't all those pretty much add up though? Those were all categories it was good in. So at least they yeah. got those. I mean, I would still say sound best, mixing, best visual, sound editing, best visual effects is like a huge, it's a huge win in a lot of regards. It's a big but one, it's dude. Like, that was, there should have been more. I know, there should have been still, more. There still should have been more. That's what's mm-hmm. crazy. I don't know. This wasn't a year where it was flooded by a lot of stuff, so I'm not 100% sure. But if you think the 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 opening uh, wasn't big enough, do you know when this movie came out exactly and what other movies came out around that time that might have affected it? Because I can tell you that, too. I, I, I have an idea. I believe so. I know. I know for a fact, or I believe, Twelve Years a Slave came out in and around that same time point. Did Gravity also come out around that same time as well? Gravity, yeah. It was. Those were like a few months. But they came up at the Academy Awards. That's what I'm saying. Yes. No. Those were ones that. Those are for the the year before. Okay, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Did that also come out? Yes, yeah. Wolf of Wall Street was. This was fall. This is fall 2014. And the, and that's yes, that's why this is fall 2014. It was November, early November. There's a bunch of other just movies that did really good at the box office around it. Uh, Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance is a notable oh, wow. one. Birdman, Same yeah, year because about Birdman that. is the one that won the Oscar mm-hmm. for Best Picture and won some other stuff. I believe Emma Stone. Yeah, Best Supporting uh, Actress. Best Supporting right? Actress. And uh, it's just a lot. Big Hero 6 beat it out. It was a big one. I know. Lots of kids, though, you know, grasping Ugh. into that other area. Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1. That's grasping into a whole nother area because it's a third movie and then uh and then just like thrillers like gone girl nightcrawler john wick all within the same like two or three week period around it you know movies other people might be seeing essentially instead of that but as uh uh, as you were saying before with wolf of wall street you know type of movies that these stars were just in and these are and like follow-ups essentially mm-hmm. this is this is right after the dark knight rises so christopher nolan's getting out of a trilogy and finally doing like this is his own thing so that's a pretty big shebang and it still didn't get some attention from certain places you know mm-hmm. uh but then also gravity came out within the year before that and this is similar, similar things, space, et cetera, et cetera. Dallas Buyers Club and Wolf of Wall Street was the year right before that. And Matthew McConaughey won a very well-deserved long time coming for something Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. And this is pretty much the movie he did right after that besides Wolf of Wall Street, which we all know, big old doinkin Leo Martin Scorsese movie. Uh-huh. Not to mention another person named Annie Hathaway, who won the Best Supporting Actress for Les Mis the yep. year before as well. And this is her follow-up to that. 
and well-deserved win from her because she's fucking awesome. Don't recommend Les Mis for almost any human being out there. But but it's a movie where it's like Oscars. Oh, oh yeah, Annie, no, that was a Annie shooting. Hathaway won, yeah. and then this is it a year later, so it's already like she's at that peak. Why would people jump to the next thing? I don't know. They just both of the two the two leads in this movie essentially just won best acting like the year before. That's fucking insane. This is both of their follow-ups. And then um and then not to mention the movies that blatantly just rip it off or co- coast on the uh coattails like The Martian and First Man coming a few years after this. And we don't need to talk about The Martian getting all the more attention that it got over this movie and it's clearly not as good a film, not as critically received or anything, but got way more award attention and some more Matt Damon and Jessica Chastain for you all. Uh-huh. So that will happen. That will happen. But a fun other, all I will tell you is you guys might not know this movie, but Neil Tyson DeGrasse says his favorite and more realistic science fiction movie is another movie Matthew McConaughey starred in. And oh, he loves it. Talking about another Matthew McConaughey movie. No, yes. The, the connection is the Matthew McConaughey is in this movie. Oh, it's he's, contact. He's in, it it is it is contact. Way to go! Yeah. No, you got it. Yeah, I've seen contact. Something oh, yeah. explodes. No, dude, shit, shit explodes. Just, the, no, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation. I was, I knew, right. I knew, I knew <laughs> when I said the '90s, I was like, this is just gonna have Joey knowing it's not. Yeah, that's Neil deGrasse Tyson's favorite thing. Actually, that's right. Yeah, TCM. Yeah, TCM. So uh, <laughs> Turner Classic Movies. That's about Chainsaw uh, Massacre. That's about really all I got. I'm sure there's a million other things in here. Uh, I wanted to reference the, I believe is called the science of interstellar. Just something like that. Kip Thorne, a little bit of uh, the other real life astronauts and folks that they talked about in there. Lots of physics, lots of science, a little bit of a forward and epilogue type stuff with Christopher Nolan to talk about the movie, but mostly science. So Citing a lot of the things I was saying from that, and as well as YouTube videos from Neil deGrasse Tyson and the IMDb fact trivia section, feel free to go gander through there, folks, for a lot more things with a lot of upvotes and stuff about this movie because it's a big movie and people love it and we love it here. So we do. Yep, it's great. And and with that, let's do a nice little round of weird algorithm. For somebody yeah. to just, just for somebody to demolish the other person because we love competitive fun here at Jason Bateman's game night. We do. Da-da-da-da. I don't know about you guys, but I'll reveal it once you guess. I don't even need to look by knowing who is probably number one in this. Like eighty percent sure who's I number one in this. Yeah, All right, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know who's number one. Okay. Well. What what do you think? Both let's I'll count it down like a drummer, and you guys say it at the same time. Ready? One, two, three, four. Go- Matthew McConaughey. All right, I love. All right, that. all right. You are both gonna be the losers tonight, and I am gonna be the victor. But Ew. since, I mean, Ew. you know, yeah. But also, let's think. <laughs> let's think about all of the people in this and also give them their flowers because we might not have mentioned everyone like the great Michael Caine. There is another 
Timothy Chalamet because he was just in Don't Look Up. Like that's right. the only thing. Yeah. Anyway, as I was giving people their flowers, though, Lou. Besides Michael Caine, Mr. John Lithgow, who is a face that everyone knows, mm-hmm. he's in this movie. I don't know; it could be up there. Harry and the Hendersons. Harry and the Hendersons. I love, oh, I love yeah. the very specific one. Anyone have any idea who did the voices of Tars or Case? Oh, I should know this. I should know this. Uh, I don't know. Stop my. I'll give you. I'll give you. Give you one hint, Lou. Give me. Lou, give Lou. me one hint. I just, I just did. I said, Lulu. Your one hint, Lulu. What if I said a name to you and you didn't really understand or know it? What would you say back as a one-word question? Who? <laughs> Lulu? Who? Lulu? No. Lulu? Who? Is wait? Is that what you're saying? Is Lulu? Who? Yeah. Yeah, wow, dude, that's great. You guessed uh, that's the voice of Tars is Lou Luhu, Bill Irwin himself from How the Grinch Stole Christmas by wow. Ron Howard. Wow, that was really impressive. Really Word impressive, association. Dude. You can't do it, Matt Damon. You can't dock the thingy. You just fucking hey, can't. You know, He's trying to dock it. You can't fucking dock it. Such a bitch. Such a dumb bitch. Such a dumb bitch. So, uh... Anyway, I guess you guys are both wrong. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is the most popular. I brought him up, though. Nobody said anything about it. and <laughs> I did bring up Timothy Chalamet because of Don't Look Up. I, said I was going to say, I was like, are we doing this because of Don't Look Up? Because I watched it. So anybody else I, watch Don't Look I, Up? I did, too. Nope. How'd you... <laughs> that's okay. That's what I expected. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's what we got. Interstellar nice. is super stellar. We did it, boys. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Indecisive Opinions. Our next episode will be discussing the movie Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Until then, please follow Lurking Class on Instagram and listen to our music on Bandcamp, Spotify, or Apple Music. We are Lurking Class. We slay rock and roll. <laughs>